Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Event Horizon, and I'm your host, Mark Anthony Peterson. This is the podcast where we take a walk into the paranormal with a splash of conspiracy. This is the podcast that would be born if David Icke and the X Files had a baby. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, episode 54. Before I go any deeper into the podcast, I want to Dedicate this to the memory of Jovita Moore, the WSB Channel 2 news anchor in Atlanta, Georgia. She passed away today from cancer after also struggling with having a brain tumor removed late last year. I met her back in 2009 in Los Angeles, the day that Michael Jackson died. Everybody converged on the Walk of Fame, I guess just to be near Michael Jackson's star. And that's where I met her and got a chance to talk to her on camera about the impact he had on music, culture, uh, and I guess my early childhood. And from that day forward, she has just continued to be a sparkling personality, uh, made everyone feel like a friend, and made everybody feel special. So almost 10 years to the day, we got back together and talked about that moment. And I got a chance to just talk to her in greater detail about her life, how hard she worked as a field reporter, chasing stories just like the one we just described, working her way all the way up to the anchor spot. So it certainly is a sad day, but as you know, my belief and everything that I've said in this podcast, she's not gone. She's just vibrating at a different frequency. And hopefully one day we'll vibrate on those same frequencies and see her again. So what are we dedicating to Jovita? What's the title of today's episode? Episode 54. My theory on the black eyed children. No, I'm not talking about black-eyed peas, black-eyed children. These mysterious kids that show up almost out of nowhere and no one can quite understand what they're after. I'm going to give you my theory on who they are, why they're on our plane, and what's opening the door for them to come into our existence. But before we do that, you know what I have to do. I got to give you a disclaimer. I know it's been a while. And I've been heads down working on some other projects that have just been pushing me to my limit. And every time I tried to sit down and record an episode, I just would fall, literally fall asleep here at my mic. 
But let me give you that disclaimer. Guys, I am not a religious expert. I've been thrown out of more churches that I've been welcomed into. I'm not a physicist, theoretical, or otherwise. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. And because of that, I think I have the right to apply first principles, ask a few questions, and then bring back what I've learned to this podcast. And that's what I want to do today. Apply a lot of first principles to this whole notion of what is and who are the black-eyed children. So let's take that first piece, black-eyed. We do know that that's not a completely unique characteristic because there are certain nocturnal animals who have that. Certain types of birds, certain types of bats, certain types of uh, lizards all display that same characteristic, particularly those who are night hunters. So that's your first clue right there that these kids probably come from a place that is mostly dark as opposed to mostly light. And so some people speculate that these kids may be coming from inner earth. You know what that inner earth theory is, is that we kind of exist as a Russian nested doll on this planet, that there's the outer shell where we are. So we see sky and space, but there's an inner shell that has a sun of its own, has a atmosphere of its own and a skyline of its own. Now, they don't see space beyond that skyline, but it's a completely self-contained existence within the planet. You're going, Mark, that's crazy. No. You know, as a matter of fact, from the 40s forward, this was a widely believed concept amongst a number of different communities, especially after Admiral Byrd. Uh, a acclaimed and a famed military naval officer who in many papers was quoted as seeing an opening to inner earth in one of his expeditions. Now, you try to find a lot of that primary source information today and it's been scrubbed. Scrubbed clean because a lot of what Admiral Byrd was searching for uh, had nothing to do with inner earth, but was uh, associated with trying to capture Nazi technology, which was believed to be warehoused in Antarctica. So that's another rabbit hole for another day. But these black eyed kids are thought to be from that inner earth. And of course, the black eyes could account for that, except for there's one little nagging point. If they have an inner sun, then there's inner light, and you wouldn't expect the eyes to be that black. But they do also have other characteristics. Pale skin, which would suggest low sunlight, as we see um, from people who are in low sunlight areas of our plane, the outer shell of the, uh, of the earth, you can find people who exhibit the, the, the pale skin, people who are in mountainous regions. So low sunlight, as opposed to those who are closer to the equator, which have, you know, darker skin, curlier hair. So that characteristic, again, points us back to a spot 
that these kids may be coming from a, a place where there is little to no light. And so over time, they've developed that characteristic of black eyes. So where else would people say they're from? Well, if you're following the Hopi tribes, thought thinking around how many civilizations have come and gone on this planet, they say there's, you know, one more great calamity, the fourth great change that is coming. But in prior uh, cataclysms, humans retreated to within the earth, within caves, not at the center, but maybe somewhere in between and existed in these inner caves, inner dwellings for longer periods of time than we possibly would know. And that would lead to the same sort of physical effects that I just described. So that could be the case. And we've seen a lot of different movies of humanoid existence going below ground to avoid some type of calamity and staying there because they could not figure out if it was okay for them to reemerge. Now, I like that theory because there's so many stories around the earth from different cultures of major calamities that may have forced people into lower regions within the planet. Could be a flood, but there are also some that uh, we don't talk about broadly in Western civilization. Yeah, like the use of nuclear weapons in India. So that would, in that case, trigger a flight of, of mass numbers of people and the radiation would keep you from wanting to come back out until you knew everything was copacetic. So that could be, gives me some belief that that, you know, a lot of those, those chips line up in that scenario. But there's something missing from the next characteristic of these black-eyed kids. People who have encountered them have said that they have an ozone smell, like a, the smell you would get from a major electrical discharge. And if you've ever been around that, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's a weird odor. So what would account for that? In each of the two previous options, I can't find a scenario where you would have that sort of ozone smell associated with the places where they could reside. Either in inner caverns or the inner earth, I can't find a logical explanation for ozone smell. So that kept me searching, looking for a better explanation. And then the final piece is just how these kids interact with people in this plane of existence, almost as if they are robotic, as if they're waiting for a set of instructions. They'll knock on your door and repeat a request to enter over and over and over again and ask to come in to your home and not move until an invitation is provided. People will leave them standing at the front door, will go to the phone, maybe they call the police, come back, and they've completely disappeared. 
So that leads people to believe that there's more of a paranormal effect associated with these black-eyed kids. So, let's recap everything we think we know about the black-eyed kids and then layer in one more piece of evidence that may be the key to understanding who they are and where they're from. So, black eyes. Nocturnal. So, they exist where there may be little to no light. Pale skin. Another indication that these kids exist where there's little to no light. They smell of ozone. That one throws me for a loop until I broaden the scope of where they could possibly be coming from and what sort of pathway they took to get to this uh, level of, of uh, this plane of existence. And then finally, the way they respond when interacting with people on this plane. You have to provide almost like basic instructions in order for them to proceed to the next step in their command chain. So what do we think about that? I think these guys have been around for as long as we have been on this planet. Why do I think that? Because some of the characteristics align with some of what we read in the Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah was slated to be destroyed. Lot, Abraham's nephew, would be one would be the only family to survive this onslaught. Before that happens, two angels are sent that meet with Lot, and they would go on to destroy the city with fire. But Lot welcomed these beings who were distinct in their physical characteristics into his home. Now, I tried to find details that would show us exactly what they look like, and I can't find that. But just think about the passages. Go and look into those passages where a lot encounters the beings, knows that they are messengers, and welcomes them into his home. Now, some of the research suggests that that's kind of common um, cultural norm to welcome in a stranger and feed them and show them that hospitality. But there is strong indication in the Bible that these were distinct beings and that Lot knew they were messengers and brought them in to his, into his home. But there was more. The men of the town surrounded Lot's house and demanded that he surrender the two visitors so that they might that they may know them. And knowing them is exactly what you think it is. When someone says you want to know someone in a biblical sense, yeah, that's knowing them. Instead, Lot offers the mob his virgin daughters. And says, do unto them what you please. But they refuse and threaten to do their worst to Lot if he didn't turn the two men over to the mob. 
Well, the two angels subdue the crowd. In some texts, it goes on to say they may have blinded them or confused them. And they took Lot, his wife, and their two daughters away from Sodom and Gomorrah before it was destroyed. The wife didn't survive because she did not follow instructions, looked back as the towns were being destroyed, and was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, guys, I think there's a lot going on in the Sodom and Gomorrah story. I think we're talking about nuclear weapons. I think we're talking about getting out of the blast radius. And I think the people who Lot encountered may have been the black-eyed children. Yeah, the Nephilim. You guys know my thinking on the Nephilim. Or at least I hope you do. And I give you the quick recap. Nephilim are not angels. They just be another, they may be just another version of human on a different plane. You're like, Mark, blasphemy. How could you say that? Because they can mate with us. If they can go and be with and know the daughters of man and procreate, then they're not that different. Dog can't get with a cat and produce cat dog. That's a cartoon, not a real possibility. But a Nephilim can get with a human Homo sapiens sapien and produce a man of renown. So we're not that far apart. So Mark, you're telling me you think the black-eyed children may be messengers coming into this plane from where? From another dimension, my friends. Why do you say that, Mark? Okay, this is going to be kind of groovy when you hear all of this lined up because I picked the Sodom and Gomorrah story for a reason. I believe that prior to Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction, someone was splitting the atom. Some technology existed in Sodom and Gomorrah that slated it for destruction. It also served as a beacon to bring the black-eyed Nephilim into this plane of existence. Why do I say that? Because there is a, a growing number of people who believe that that's what happened in the 1940s before Roswell. With the first test of the atomic bomb in New Mexico, we had the greatest number of UFO sightings that had ever occurred in the United States. At 5.30 a.m. on July 16, 1945, at Alamogordo Base in New Mexico, there was the first nuclear test. Two years later, June 24, 1947, Kenneth Arnold, a businessman pilot, spots flying disc near Washington and Mount Rainier. July 8, 1947, and the Roswell incident occurs. A crash or a crash of multiple crafts in New Mexico. 1948, 
a 99-foot-wide metal disc crash in Hart Canyon, New Mexico. Bodies were found, craft was whisked away, and not a lot was published about it. 1950, an armada of alien craft were spotted flying over Farmington, New Mexico. 1964, police officer Lonnie Zamara and five other witnesses spot an egg-like craft that had touched down in a field. Zamora claims to have seen figures emerge from the craft that spot him and that re-enter the craft and leave at a rapid rate into orbit. So you can see in a very short period of time after that blast, it was almost like it sent out a beacon of beings from either... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Beyond our solar system, within our solar system, within our galaxy, but they came to inspect what was the, 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 the atom-splitting effect, that ring doorbell of weapons that summoned people to the, to the planet or from other dimensions. And I think that's exactly what Aleister Crowley and Jack Parsons and other Nazi scientists knew when they split the atom. They figured out that an atomic explosion would summon the Nephilim and that they could use that sort of technology to not only send out a beacon, but to open the doors to other dimensions and let these beings in. Now, you're assuming, some of you, that the Nephilim would be all of angelic characteristics but just like in this plane there's some good and there's some bad and I think Aleister Crowley and his groups and his buddies and his disciples were searching for those that would let them bring a certain type of magic into this plane to give them what they wanted control over the past and the future yeah let's dig a little deeper so I've told you the characteristics of these black-eyed children, and I've tried to make the argument that I think they are a part of this group of Nephilim, these people who are like us, who emerge and act as messengers and must be invited into your home. Now, when we peel this onion back a little bit more and talk about these Nazi scientists, we land on the World War II effort 
the race between the U.S. and the Germans to create the first weapon. Part of that story, part of that narrative centers around the Nazi bail. Why? To get a bomb, you have to have enriched uranium. The Nazi bell, or the wonder weapon, was purported to be a time machine. But when you break it down even further, it was not originally intended to do that. The ceramic bell, which was a bell within a bell, a nested ceramic product, when charged with millions of volts of electricity and spun in opposite directions with the appropriate amount of reactive material produced enriched uranium. Yep, bomb-making stuff. And of course, as I said, to get that reaction to occur, you had to pump in millions of volts of electricity. When producing this desired output, this uranium, they said it also glowed red and opened up a portal. A portal that seemed to have certain time dilating capabilities or an ability to see into the past. I know it sounds crazy, right? Okay, why did I bring that into the discussion? One, when an arc of electricity splits oxygen atoms, they recombine into O3 and produce that ozone smell. And if the bell is capable of giving you that uranium, but also opening a door or portal, I think we found where our black-eyed kids are coming from and why they have that smell. Guys, <laughs> the black-eyed children are coming from the upside down. Let's put all our pieces back together. Big black eyes, pale skin, ozone smell. Yeah, they're coming from the upside down. That place that we all know and love from Hawkins, Indiana, where the Department of Energy, let's just put it the way it needs to be said. The Department of Electricity has opened up a portal to a different dimension that lacks light. Now, they gave us these scary-looking monsters that came through that kind of look like the greys, right? They never showed you if in the Upside Down were their Upside Down residents that look like the people in our plane. And I think that's kind of the little secret they left out of Stranger Things. Is that it's not just creatures running around. There are upside down equivalents to each of us in that dimension. And guys, I certainly talked to you about my experience with dimension skipping. And if that's what they're doing and that's what produces the effect, then you got to put the pieces back together and start asking more questions. Questions like, why do we look at people who are starving and yet commit $9 billion to build a large hydron collider in Geneva, Switzerland? 
to split the atom? Why are we sitting back and accepting proposals for them to build an even larger hydron collider, a super collider that's going to cost about $23 billion? And they're dropping these numbers and not even putting them in the context. Yeah, you, you'll question Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos when they shoot their rockets up into, into space for a few seconds or a few minutes. But right under your nose, they're building a particle accelerator in search of what? A way to open and close these doors. A way to find the Higgs boson particle. Yeah, the God particle. The particle that gives every other particle definition. The magic wand that makes things real. Haven't you ever wondered why CERN is even located in Geneva, Switzerland? Right at the Franco-Swiss border. Could it be the fact that France was one of the countries that got the Nazi, one of the Nazi bales at the end of World War II? Could it be that that reason that has made CERN the world headquarters for nuclear research? Haven't you wondered why so many of the scientists that work at that facility are considered occultists? Yeah, you just start laying all these things together and you're going, wait a minute. Some of this is just not making any sense unless you are looking for that output. Who's coming through that door and why are they coming through that door and have they come through the door in the past? And I'm arguing, yes, 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 they have. Sodom and Gomorrah, first evidence and somebody in Sodom and Gomorrah was accelerating particles that summoned these watchers into this plane to get Lot before the facility was destroyed. You go, oh, Mark, that's, that's, when have we ever seen that sort of aggression from these unidentified objects, these aerial phenomenons? When have we ever seen that? You see it all the time. Nuclear weapons have been turned on and off to almost the point of launch. They've been deactivated by these phenomenon. So to say that they wouldn't go so far as to take out a facility that is about to do something that would totally destroy this dimension and send ripples throughout all other dimensions. Yeah, I think they take that action. And when you cannot understand that technology, you describe it in the way it's been put in the Bible. That God destroyed it with fire and brimstone. So Mark, is that is there any other evidence that we should look at? Absolutely. Ask yourself who else out there has these colliders and do they align with the countries that all received a Nazi bill? Because there were purported to be four of these things at the end of World War II. U.S. got one. France got one. 
the Russians got one. And then there's one we can't find that may have showed up in Hexburg's West Virginia and we called it an acorn UFO. That could have been one that was activated. Now that could have been the one that purported got lost and ended up in Argentina only to later reemerge in West Virginia. We don't know. But when you look at that and start to ask yourself where are all the other now particle accelerators, there starts to be a a causal relationship between that. Yeah. Brazil and Argentina are the only countries in South America that operate particle accelerators. You think it's a coincidence? You think it's a coincidence that the remainder of the Nazi technology is just a stone's throw from Argentina at the Antarctic? <laughs> no. You think it's a coincidence that now China has woken up and said, hey, we're going to build a particle accelerator four times the size of the one that's at CERN. A 62-mile-long collider that will pump out millions of the Hogs boson particle, the God particle. All of this while we're facing major calamities, climate change, all of the things that are on the front cover of the newspapers, you got countries like Argentina and Brazil whose economies are, I'm not going to say in the toilet because that would be a compliment, but are operating particle accelerators. Guys, <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. So let's sum up my theory. Black-eyed children are Nephilim that are been welcomed here by our continued nuclear research, both in terms of bombs and accelerators. And just like the days of old, when they come here, they are messengers to warn us or give us critical information to protect this dimension. Some are. Some are bringing knowledge that may hasten its demise. And you got disciples on both sides of the table looking to benefit from one group or the other. And these breadcrumbs are spread across everything you read and hear with not enough context for you to weave the complete story together. On purpose, because these guys like to operate that way. They love their little clubs. They love to throw it in your face and laugh at the fact that you can't understand the context. And see me, I come at it from another perspective of saying, I don't ever underestimate our ancestors because I like the old photocopy theory, right? The more times you copy something, the weaker it gets. So you go, you rewind the tape, the closer you get back to Adam and Eve, the smarter, the greater the intelligence of the people on the planet. I'm not saying they're more moral, 
The Bible points that out, but they have more understanding of how the dimension works, the barriers between them and the universe. And the Bible gives us all of those indications of that ancient technology. We're just too arrogant to accept it and see it because we think we're at the peak of existence. I think those guys raced so far ahead in terms of what they did to this planet to turn it into a living computer and to harness its energy and become a type one civilization that we don't even recognize that technology in its current form. When I just described to you the Nazi bell, if you were to look at it when it wasn't operational, you would think that it was a piece of, of a pottery. So why wouldn't a stone pyramid in the right spot on a ley line with the appropriate gases produce the same sort of designated output as a ceramic Nazi bell and getting you rich uranium. Take your lenses off, people. So that's my theory. That's who the black-eyed children are, black-eyed people are. Not too different from us. And every time we have these experiments, they get a little open door to walk in and talk to us and the opportunity to leave. Those that choose to stay violate the covenant. And some have and produced offspring and those go on to become men and women of renown. And for those of you who are asking and I can hear you. Yes, I am hydrated. Okay. Wasn't earlier in the week, but I am as of the recording of this episode. But you can never underestimate a little kombucha. Mm. Good, good, good stuff. Guys, I appreciate your patience. I'm uh, getting back on my feet, so I promise to try to get back into a rhythm here with these episodes. I got some great stuff that I want to talk about. For example, speaking of fallen angels, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, the new fallen angels. That's what I want to talk about next. And how we possibly could just be repeating the past. Okay, so hang in there with me. Check that one out. Then I'm gonna, I got some exciting new stuff because as we approach the end of the year, a good number of my predictions are spot on. You know, really close radio waves, large objects entering our, our solar system. A very close one, President Obama, all but making the total statement that we have aliens living amongst us. Or at least interdimensional beings. So we're going to start talking about some of those predictions and using the news stories to prove that I'm got a good batting percentage. Cool. 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 All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here, get some sleep, get going on that next episode to catch myself up. 
and I appreciate all the continued um, nice notes and postings. Uh, follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Look for us at Event Horizon, and uh, you know, tell me what's going on in your paranormal world. Love to ramp the discussions back up and and uh, and uh, see if we can get a uh, good community discussion going. Till next time, my friends. Peace. Hey, you, podcast listener. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Take the blue pill. You wake up in your bed and go back to listening to mundane podcasts that won't challenge your religious beliefs and your so-called truths about reality, the universe, and consciousness. Take the red pill. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast hosted by Mark Anthony Peterson, and he will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Event Horizon takes a walk into the paranormal with a splash of conspiracy. It's the podcast that would be born if David Icke and the X-Files had a baby. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast by Mark Anthony Peterson on Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Stitcher, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Remember, all we are offering is the truth, nothing more.